a musician and an English teacher from Osaka, Japan, on episode 27 of Go My guest today is an English teacher at Osaka's Tezukayama Gakuin High School, who has lived here since 2003. He grew up in Ottawa, so break out the maple sugar candies, eh? And he studied English at Trinity College of the University of Toronto. He is a poet who has published the book A Bleeding Hand in Central Park, as well as the lead singer and lyricist of Osaka's frenetic, genre-defying musical explosion, Union Trouble. This Saturday, October 11th, Union Trouble will be headlining a launch party for the Oasis Radio mobile app. Oasis Radio is a uniquely Osakan institution that's been churning out incredibly inspired original internet radio music programming since 2009. Please welcome to the podcast my first rock star guest, Mr. Danik Jason Amyadanik. How goes it, sir? I am great. Thank you for having me here, Eric. Pleasure to be here on your podcast. Don't don't lie. You're in my apartment. There's nothing okay. pleasurable about this experience. It's better than a garage, I guess. Last time I saw you, you guys had just played a pretty big show, and right. uh, we were rocking. Like, yeah, yeah. It was Nori Sonic at Tins Hall in Tenoji, another institution here N- in Osaka. Nori Sonic. Yeah, Nori Seaweed Sonic. Sonic. Yeah, no, no. Nori is <laughs> is seaweed, and it's also the name of the manager. Of Tins Hall. Actually, now owner, because he bought it off the other guy. And Tins Hall is a sort of a venue in the Tenoji area of yeah, Osaka. So, yeah. so what, what, how everybody in the band is, is yeah. Gaijin. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, we've gone through two or three uh, changes in... Uh, like puberty, numbers. or what do you... I mean... <laughs> yeah, uh, vocal changes. I used to sing soprano, but now I sing baritone. Really? No. Uh, we had... Uh, Three guys. I believe anything together. you tell me. Like, sure, I should. The band really is comprised this. of. We're all gypsies <laughs> from. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, wait, so what were the you you you, yeah, you had a couple band member changes. You had to throw out a drummer. Yeah. You always got to get rid of the no, drummer. No, the bassist. drummer is actually the drummer, the bassist, uh, myself, are the original three. Uh, and so, so what what yeah. persuaded you to start a band in Osaka? I mean, you've been how you've been living here yeah. since two thousand three. Why did right. you come? Let's maybe let's start here. Why okay. did you come to Japan? Okay, wow, we're gonna start there. Well, because if we're gonna tell the story of the band, how can we tell the story of the right. band without the You're story right. of absolutely? Let's right, not, let's not do Pulp Fiction. Here right, like the like... the story part of the story of Nirvana is that they came out of this small town in Aberdeen, Washington, and yeah. that's why they were so fucking pissed off. Right, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You know, so what's the story? Because I understand me, yeah. I, if I were if I were in a band in Osaka, my band would be a metal band that just screamed about my frustrations. So what? I mean, what would? Oh God! Wow. Okay. Well, to tell it really quickly, really simply, 2003, I was dating who is now my wife, Mayuko. She's Japanese. She's originally from Osaka. Okay. Been, Where'd you guys meet? Uh, we met in Ottawa. Actually, okay. she was studying uh, at the same university. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, so I was working there teaching. Actually, it wasn't a university. Uh, I was teaching at an international language school. So I was teaching, you know, oh, wow. English. and. Uh, so you're like the rare English teacher in Japan who actually right. is yeah. qualified to teach English, like, out elsewhere. That's right. Yeah, well, that's uh, awesome. I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm half Filipino. My, my grandmother came to Canada with her family when I was five. So right then and there, I was helping people... 
you know, learning English as a second language from when I was five years old. Wow. So, so wow. that kind of thing just kind of made it natural for me to just be around people who want to express themselves and communicate. But, you know. And you understand what that's right. like. Yeah, yeah, of course. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, so you met Miyuko? Mayuko. Mayuko. Yeah, I'm sorry. So you Mayuko. met Mayuko in 2003. She's from yeah. Osaka. She was moving back here. You that's followed right. her here. I followed her here. You guys yeah. ended up getting married? We ended up getting married. When did you get yeah. married? We got married in 2003 on a Thursday, which is kind of funny because when she asked when we would have the wedding, I proposed that it would be on a Thursday, but she took it as next Thursday. So she was making plans to go to City Hall and I was calling her on the Thursday to say, yeah, I just finished work and uh, I was going to talk to some guys about football yeah. at the bar and uh, I'll be home like around six. And she was pissed. I thought wow. we were going to get married today. I thought we were getting married today. I, 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 I said a Thursday, not next Thursday. This happens to me all the time. Yeah. yeah. So we came here together, which was great. You know, I, I said to her, you know, look, I've been teaching you English for a year. I'm on the plane. I'm sitting next to her. I say, so now you can teach me Japanese, right? So you're, so you're like Mary Kay Letourneau, though. You married your student. <laughs> oh, did I? No, no. Actually, I've always been really, really specific about this. She was only my student for one day, the first day that I taught at that school because okay. I was subbing for my friend. Okay, well played, yeah. well played. So that that was, that that'll hold up in court. That's and, that's yeah, good. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't my student yeah. ever. Yeah. What, at what point did you feel semi comfortable speaking the Japanese language? I'll tell you what. It was really kind of interesting because. Uh, the way I learned to speak Japanese was how I was teaching some of my Japanese students and, and foreign students, Korean students, uh, Taiwanese students, basically international students. Yeah, 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 of course. I was teaching them like the shorthand for learning English. And I said that you could break it down into five things. The reason why I, I thought of five things was because I had a friend who was just Canadian 100%. He would have like, his response would always be, huh. But it would, there would be five different incarnations of this. There would be like, huh, that's interesting. Or huh, I didn't know that. Or, huh, let me think about that some more. You know, huh, huh, huh. So huh. emotive, that, you know? that one phrase, yeah. Just, right, and, and, and it wasn't an A. It was just like five <laughs> huhs for a Canadian, which wow. was, you know, yeah, yeah, almost yeah. like being multilingual. And so I translated that, you know, in order to teach my students, like, look, English isn't that hard. If you could just break it down to this, I had a conversation with a guy for three hours, and that's all he said to me. So I collected these five things, and once I filled in the gaps with those five things, I would be able to flip it on people, you know, listen to them speak to me in Japanese and see if I could add the right, you know. When you say five five things you mean five responses five to, responses, to yeah. what's being said to five you and once you can formulate those responses you can start gradually to understand exactly. what's actually literally being said exactly what kind of helped uh, a lot was that for the first two months we were staying with her parents oh, and her mother wow. is a talker her mother is a talker wow i mean just incessant you know just I, like every now and then i kind of point to my face and go, right? Not Japanese. No, this... and no English. And she no made English. no attempt yeah. to change what she was saying right. for you, yeah. even though she was talking to yeah, you. Yeah, she'd look me right in the eye and just carry on with what she was saying. And, you know, it would it would just kind of come to me, you know, and I would kind of get it. But then there was also her father, who was really cool because he's a man of few words. You right. Know? And I would just look at him and we'd get drunk together and I'd look at him and the guy's just, you know, sucking on his dentures after dinner. <laughs> nodding, nodding. Yeah, uh-huh. That's right, honey. That's right, honey. And I thought to myself, well, if this guy can carry on a conversation like this, then I guess I can speak Japanese like this. Right, or... if you if you pretend to be coy or just very smart, you right. can really 
Right, you can really get away Absolutely. with a lot. So, so take me from yeah from two thousand and four, two thousand five, yeah, a couple sure. years after that, to yeah. the formation of the band. You're, okay. You, yeah. When did you start teaching at the high school? Well, that wow, yeah. Okay, so I started off teaching at ECC in two thousand three, like straight off, uh, fresh off the boat here. You know, ECC, ECC, yeah, well known English conversation school in That's Osaka. Right. Okay, right. so I started working with them. It's a, it's a national chain now. Okay, and it's it's one of the more reputable ones. So, anyways, they had good training. Got me ready for teaching in Japan. Yeah. At uh, that point, uh, we had then moved into Tenoji in front of that very famous bar, Tins Hall. Yes. Okay. So I that became my hub. That became oh, because your place. office was yeah, right next door. Wow. You know? okay. So I, I was there for about you know two three years. Uh, got married, living in an apartment right across from this yeah, great wow. bar and restaurant. Got to meet the foreign community that way. Also got to dabble a bit in DJing. What was your DJ name? My DJ name. Well, actually, here's the thing. I wasn't a DJ. I called myself an IJ. Oh wow. Yeah, I was an IJ. Uh, I called myself a BJ. Yeah, right. right. I'm sorry. That was sitting there. What are you? (laughs) I was sitting there. That was just sitting there for the taking. (laughs) So I wasn't a DJ because I wasn't working with discs. I was working with right. Of course. That's true. That's valid. And my DJ moniker was uh, Don't Panic. Okay. Yeah. Don't panic. Okay, so we were playing kind of mellow tunes, or um, yeah, loungy stuff. You know, the my goal for DJing when I first started was: Have you ever gone to like a big house or techno event? You know, like a big rave, say, and that's you know just you know bass booming systems blasting through, yeah. like a, you know, reverberating through a warehouse, right? Yeah, and then you shit your pants loud, you kind your of pants a place, loud, yeah. and, you, and you just get fed up with that, and so you, you go looking for the second room. And yeah. you open the door to the second room and you're like, oh, this is lovely. This you is want great. it to be that second room. I want it to be That's the second great. room DJ. That's great. I, I yeah. 100% this, feel You that. get that, right? That sounds like my my kind of scene for yeah. sure. So music was something that I kind of got into when I came here. Three, so here's the listening. thing with DJing, right? Uh, I loved it for about a year and a half until it made me hate mornings. Uh I, I used to loathe coming too out much of the club. drinking yeah. and just yeah not, not only that but cigarette just, smoke yes, and yes. and I actually got to be in, in like this point where I felt like I had reached the culmination of my goal which was you know to play the the second room at a really big place and that was at Pure which had like a really cool oh, VIP wow. room Pure and Pure is on the Dotambori it's that's a pretty right. big in, club on the right. on the canal right so it's a really well known place area yeah, right on man there was a there was a bookshelf in the pool room which had a like a, i forget like what a hidden kind of you hit, you hit the book shelf like a spine of a book on a bookshelf and it slides open and there's the velvet staircase to go up to the second floor to the vip room which was where i was playing which was great that's wow yeah that's pretty right? james bond yeah it's pretty awesome it, yeah imagine that like i was the guy playing the soundtrack for the james bond character to sit down and talk to the yeah to the uh, transgendered uh, hostesses who were finishing work and trying to hit on the guys <laughs> at three o'clock. In I'm the not sure James Bond used to get after the transgendered <laughs> no, no, gals, but, but no, I understand. They were, they were yes. always there. Yes. I mean, yes. clearly, you know. Yes. Well, I mean, so, I don't know. Judy Dench, maybe. Sure, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I kind of you know did what I wanted to do with DJing and is playing at all the cool places here in Osaka, and uh, then I took a break from that. I just thought, okay, I enough of the nightclub scenes. I can't, I can't deal with that anymore. Anymore. And, uh, you know, so like a two-year hiatus, then I uh, I meet Troy Manning, the drummer, and he just puts a call out on Facebook saying, I want to get a band together. Just anybody wow. who's interested, let's meet and let's go to the studio and we'll take it from there. 
Fucking A. Awesome, right? Yeah. So so Troy's there. Uh, Dave Doherty, who is still the bassist. Uh, another friend of ours, Chad Frutig, who uh, was with us for about a month or so, just, just a couple of weeks. And then he had plans to move back to the States. And so then I tapped my good friend, Mike Fichtinger, yeah. who I'd known since I got here. Wow. Who was a guitarist. And he had the bad luck of always being in bands that always broke up after playing their first live show or something to that extent. So I said, dude, I think I got something permanent wow. for you. So he joined us and then like, boom, snowballed even more so. Like by third month of being and playing together, we had added two more members to the band. So, so after so, uh, uh, Findictor? Fichtinger. Fichtinger uh, joined. Went, joined. And then uh, John joined and then John left. Yeah. Uh, and then we replaced him with David Ridgway, who is now our lead guitarist. Michael Fichtinger is our rhythm guitarist. David Doherty is, Doherty is our bassist. And Troy Supermanning is our backbone so what is drummer. what is how would you describe your sound that's that's pretty interesting aaron spoonster who was our keyboardist before he left when his father heard our first recordings he had said do you guys know that biker bar back in the college town you used to go to and drink at and he said yeah and he goes yeah well you sound like you play there so we okay. got the kind of sound that you would hear at a biker bar in a college town that sounds so like Dancy rock. Ashlyn contributes soulful dancy rock. I think that's pretty. That's pretty dead on. Yeah, you might want to work on your press kit. Dancy soulful. You guys are you guys are super high energy. That's why I called you frenetic in the intro. Yes, I think that's a huge part of the the appeal. Since you know, since I've been in the band, uh, you know what? It's kind of interesting. Like at one point, I thought house and DJs were the only things that were you know the only kind of music that you could hear. but now I see a lot more live venues, a lot more live music being played. You mean played. for Gaijin? Because there's plenty of places for live music for Japanese Absolutely. people making music. Yeah, that's you're, you're right there. The thing that you're describing are There's the plenty venues. of terrible pop punk bands. There are, but, yeah. they, but the thing is that they fill, they fill venues. Oh, up. yeah, no, they sell they make out no the money. whole... They, yeah. no, they make no money, but they, but they have to, you know... Rent out these venues that cost an arm and a the leg. The band pays to rent out the venue here? Okay, here's a shocker for you. Yeah, the band has to pay to rent out the venue. It's not like back home where you'll have, like, I don't know, name name a venue back home that, like, you know, would have a calendar of performers. I don't know any venues in Ottawa, but uh, no, no, how about the Bowery Ballroom in uh, New York City? Holy crap. Yeah, okay, that's great. Barrymore's would be the equivalent of the Bowery Ballroom. You know, you'd have a calendar kind of like stuck up on the wall yeah. with like every day filled in with like live acts, right? Yeah. So clearly they sought out it's a live artists. music venue. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They have live music venues here. Only it's you know the band says like we would like to book this this venue for this. Wow, date. that's crazy. And you know, okay, fine. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Okay, fine. We'll charge our customers an arm and a leg. And people pay thirty five dollars to go see. That explains so much more bands. why concert tickets are so expensive yeah. in this country. Yeah, right. That that wow. Yeah, exactly. And you're talking not not like the super venues. You're talking. No, I mean even like in bigger billboard. places, Zepnamba, yeah, Zep Billboard, two thousand person capacity exactly. kind of places, yeah. Yeah, and and that's why you only get the really big poppy you know mass promoted you know fluff this makes so much sense as to why the 
widespread right. mainstream music in Japan is so yeah. dominant sure. because there's really a barrier to entry to mm -hmm. the live music scene. There's Absolutely. a real monetary barrier there. Yeah, so you have a daughter, is that right? That's right. Yeah, well, her name one is daughter. Yeah, one, you have, one, daughter. one daughter. How old is she? Uh, she's eight. Wow. She's uh, well on her way to becoming the next Union Trouble band member. Oh, yeah? She's uh, she's playing piano now and just getting pretty good at that. She's playing jazz. Do, does it upset you that she's going to grow up in Japan? Like, do, oh, do, do you, do you God, wish that no. she... I mean, is there any... Like yeah. sometimes when you're like, oh, I wish you could, you no, know, or yeah. no, well, you know, you can pepper your life full of like, I wish you could. Right, right, right. But the fact is that um, I've never really kind of like tried to live that life of what ifs. I don't want to like limit her experience of Japan through my eyes because my eyes have seen a lot of stuff, you know. I Mine mean, eyes my... have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. Is that is that devil's music? That is that is <laughs> that, devil's music. That, the that music is pretty, able to make the devil go away. My eyes have seen the coming of the Lord. Yeah, like that just. That I like that. Like... Iron Maiden does the <laughs> gospel back catalog. <laughs> I like that angle. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. that's awesome, man. So Thanks, she man. she I assume speaks English pretty well. Yeah, she speaks English pretty. I wouldn't say well. She speaks. She speaks pretty English. I mean, it's amazing. Like we, 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 we have a way of communicating, which is great. Which is like you know the father daughter kind of connection. Oh yeah, also, it's I, unspoken I, bond. I read, obviously, I yeah. read to her stories at night. You know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I actually uh, took a college course, uh, children's, uh, children's lit. Um, at, you know, after she was born, just to kind of like, you know, kind of like know what books I should be. Yeah, the important stuff. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. What I should be, you know, reading to her and stuff, and 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 finding ways of inspiring her to want to enjoy reading English, uh, just reading in general. But uh, yeah. So That's awesome. Definitely. Definitely. I've, uh, she sounds pretty cool as does the missus. Yeah. She, no, the missus, missus is amazing. She has the best phone voice ever. And uh, I'm not. Can you impersonate her phone voice? Okay. Okay. That's fine. Any conversation that we've ever had, always on the phone, just like, uh, "Honey, uh, I'm I'm gonna be late. I'm at Ron's. I'm I'm." I like I'm how you made dice. your voice like Isaac Hayes there. Hey, baby, well, I that's, gotta. That's only because that's what I sound like at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> baby, I, I just baby, got out of the I, gig. Baby, yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna be home. I I know I gotta work tomorrow, but oh, I'm gonna be home soon. And she's like, "Okay, that's fine." And that's it. That's, that's every great, phone call man. ends that way. You know, I, I, I don't know if we'll ever, you know, have to have the conversation that starts with, I think we need to get a divorce, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, was, that's, yeah, okay. we should. Okay. Okay, that's You fine. still want me to cook something for you? Yeah, okay. Just, yeah, even after we're divorced, yeah, I'll cook okay. you something. That's fine. Okay. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Okay. okay. Danik, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Ashlyn, special guest Ashlyn. Arigato gozaimashita to everybody for listening. <laughs> and sayonara. Sayonara. Sayonara.